comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. CTV podcast episode 35 all right and uh since we're still on you know summer uh, hiatus here with all of our shows we're, we do we do have a lot of news to cover though uh but we're going to be focusing this week on justice league gods and monsters the animated uh feature that just came out to dvd video on demand and blu-ray and uh man it was awesome i really enjoyed it you know, spoiler alert <laughs> i liked it a lot but uh, joining me on this uh, dissection of, of odds and monsters, uh, the man who bought, who uh, fitted the trench coat for the alternate gods and monsters Superman, Mr. Daryl Taylor. Hello, hello. And unfortunately, Chub Toad uh, Sheldon will not be with us this week. He's enjoying. He's celebrating Emily Betricard's birthday by hanging out in the bushes outside of her house. So run away, Emily. <laughs> <laughs> Might be a good time to go on vacation for your birthday, Emily. Maybe right away. Get out of town for a few days. Call yeah. call the anti-stalking unit. You know that yeah. kind of thing. But uh, he will not be joining us this week. But uh, Daryl and I are, are more than capable, I think, of covering uh, the news and the Gods and Monsters uh, animated feature. You know, um, if you, I mean, I, I assume. I mean, I don't know. I know I have. I've watched like pretty much every single one of these animated features that have come out. I have. It's not even a, actually. I only missed the the one that's JJLA uh, in time. The one that they didn't they sold at the stores. Okay, I know. Yeah, the one that was the one. only one I missed. I don't think I've seen that one either. But I remember. I remember. That, I mean, the very first one was Superman Doomsday, and that was incredibly disappointing. And I remember when it came out, I was just like, "Really? This is what they're gonna do?" Yeah, I remember being so excited going to work. Uh, that Saturday, picking it up, and, and me and my stepson, we were sat down to watch it and looked and was like, "Oh, okay, it happened." Let's go do something else now. <laughs> <laughs> they'll get better, but in your mind, you go, "They'll get better." I think after, I mean, as they've gone along, I think they figured out how much story they can tell in one of these. Like trying to compress the whole death of Superman, Doomsday. Storyline. I mean, that was like a whole year's worth of comics, right? And where do you end? And do you keep it going from when he's resurrected, or do you? You can't have all those people in it either, right? Right. And yeah. then, I mean, I remember it was like a monthly comic for a while because there were like four different Superman titles. And... Oh, I had so many Superman. Co- I had to stack them in piles, like yeah. <laughs> order piles, because everything had the triangle, and, the, and so you had to read it in a, in a particular order. 
Right, yeah, those little bullets in the corner that showed mm-hmm. you like which one to go to, go to next or whatever. What was it? Four different titles. I think they had a couple of one shots. There was, uh, I think, there was Superman. There was Superman, Man of Steel, Adventures of Superman, and Action. Yes, and then Justice League tied in a couple of times too. Right, right, and then um, the uh, um, I mean, each one focused on like one of the Superman after he died or whatever. But mm-hmm. I think obviously they tried to just cram too much story into that one. And, oh yeah. And as they've gone on, I think they've gotten more and more adept at figuring out how how many issues they can effectively fit, mm-hmm. you know, in, into one of those. Like, for, I mean, New Frontier. If you listen to the commentary track on on the on the DVD, Darwin Cook likes the way the cartoon better uh, turned out better than the way the book turned out that he did. I mean, yeah, and that's something. Yeah, I mean, he, he really has nothing but praise for it. And I don't either. I mean, I think it was great. great it's a good adaptation. I mean, it's really, it's a really good adaptation. I mean, it, in fact, it's, um, it felt like a, 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 a pilot. Yeah, like you could have relaunched launched a whole series from that or whatever. Absolutely. It, it definitely could have. Uh, I wish they would have done that, but oh, they just, the budgets, like I said, I don't, Every time they mention the budgets for these uh, animated things, you, you, you say to yourself, wow, how can it be this expensive, you know, for this one hour and 15, 20 minutes? But uh, they're very expensive, so they can't they can't do different franchises out of the different uh, animated movies. And they took a long time to do, too. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, even with... Even with the computer-assisted animation and stuff, it they just take a long, you know, time to physically produce one of these. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, it's just the nature of animation, you know. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, what what were some what have been some of your favorite animated features that they put out? I mean, I know I mentioned New Frontier, but I mean, there've been so many. Oh man, uh, Legion, uh, Justice League of Two Worlds. Oh, that was uh, great. Crisis on Two Earths, that was awesome. James yeah. Woods as uh, as Owl Man. Creepy, creepy, creepy. <laughs> the yeah. creepiest character uh, in, in, in the animated features. Uh, Justice League was, I mean, the um, the one we just mentioned uh, just now, uh, New Frontier was one that was a favorite of mine. Um, what was uh, the one with Supergirl we introduced? The uh, Batman Superman one? Oh, right, based on the Michael Turner Supergirl stuff. Uh, yeah. It was Superman, Batman, Apocalypse. Yeah, I enjoyed that because I, I really enjoyed Apocalypse's take, the, the take on Apocalypse on that one. Um, there's another one I'm trying to think of where it was a Justice League one, but I can't think of the the one. The Red Hood was another one. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed the Red Hood. Yeah, under the Red Hood, for sure. That was a good one. Um, Wonder Woman, I enjoyed that one. I saw that at uh, near Comic-Con when it was I did first too. here. <laughs> we were there. Yes, we were there with Nathan Fillion cool. and Gail Simone and uh, yeah, yeah, that was, that was other really people. cool. Um, I like the Green Lantern one was okay. It was more of a buddy cop type of thing. I like Sinestro a lot in that. Um, and uh, there was I know I'm missing a Batman, but the, for the the most part, those are the ones that stand out to me that I right. really, really, really dug. Yeah, I would agree with all all those. Um, I, uh, I I really enjoyed um, geez, the uh, ad- the adaptation of the Dark Knight Returns. I know some people had trouble with it or whatever, oh, but that's the other one. And I still re I rewatched that recently. Like when I uh, when I go to the gym and and uh, I'm on the treadmill or the bike, I'll throw it on and I watched the entire thing. 
and it still gave me the you know the goosebumps at the scenes that I like you know like the the, the Joker scene was so at the uh, amusement park yeah so creepy yeah I mean I just thought that was really I mean that was about it, as well done as they could have done an, an animated version of that story you know? oh man it's it's it, it definitely was I mean it it um, and how far they went with it like I it was surprising. Yeah, you, know, you would think they'd pull back on it some, but they they really didn't. They went for it. Yeah, it was it was interesting to have Peter Weller as as uh, as Batman as well. Um, I also liked uh, Justice League Doom. Yes, that uh, was another up, one. Where they went up against uh, Vandal Savage and the Legion of Doom. That's uh, the one I was forgetting. Yeah, it was kind of a uh, had like uh, bits of um, Batman Tower or the Tower of Babel story from JLA in there. Yep. Where Batman had come up with ways to take out every single member of the JLA, and somebody gets a hold of that information. Um, but I thought that was really well done. But yeah, they've—I mean—they've done like so many really great ones, over the, and of course, like all the animated series spin-off movies too. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, Mask of the Phantasm was incredible. Oh and, uh, yes. You know, even like even Sub Zero, like some of the lesser remembered ones, are still, you know, definitely worth watching and rewatch. You know, or rewatch. That Superman Batman. I mean, it wasn't. It was a movie, but it wasn't a movie because it was part of the shows. But the Superman right. Batman one. That's still one of my favorite pairings of those two characters. They were just so well done, you know. Like the little like uh, quips in between them. I mean, like I remember there's one part you know where where Superman's like, you know, I thank you. I couldn't have saved Lois without your help. And Batman looks at him and says, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just so pitch perfect for those characters. Uh, yeah. Together and stuff. Um. But um, I and I really liked uh, Assault on Arkham. I thought that was you know really well. You know, yeah, it really was. Ones, you know, as far as like introducing the Suicide Squad and you know putting them in a good story or whatever, I thought that that was really well done. And now we got the Killing Joke to look forward to, which I really, I I really hope that they go for um, the Mark Hamill for the voice. I, I hope they do that. Well, I did read something this week that Mark Hamill wants to. Yeah, I know. I heard he wanted to, but so I, I mean, yeah, that doesn't mean that he will. But hopefully, uh, you know, if not him, I, I guess I could live with John DiMaggio. Uh, he did really well in Return of the Joker. Uh, back That's true. Back. He did. He did. I mean, and speaking of Joker voices, um, you know, uh, going back to the Dark Knight Returns, I mean, Michael Emerson, I thought re- did a really good um, Joker. I mean, that was more of a like in the feet Joker, like more of a sophisticated. Yeah, it was more of a reserved creepy. Joker. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was really, it really was. Um, it was kind of like that, that that Joker that gets in your head, right? You know that calm Joker. He just he just slowly works his way in, and and then he, um, and then he turns and kills you, right? <laughs> you don't know when it's coming. You know. Oh, well, by the way, everyone in the audience. You get poisoned, and you get yeah. poisoned. You get poisoned, like with the the coffee cup. Like that's the I knew that scene. I've seen that scene so many times. I knew it was coming, and yet and still, when he does it, it still makes me go, "What?" Yeah. Like, or the the final scene where he twists his own spine in the that, park. Oh man, just yeah. the sounds they do with that. Yeah, I thought they they pulled that off super well. Yeah, they really did. I mean, it just was amazing how they capture the, uh, like, the scene with when um, Robin falls. Like, she almost falls down when he jumps on the glider, and they're trying to get away. And he grabs her, and, he, and, he, and she climbs back up, and she and he's telling her, she's, you know, you know she's crying, and he, he's saying to her, 
good soldier, good soldier. Yeah, yeah. Like that was such a poignant scene. Absolutely, it just it was really cool the way they they pulled the, the scenes off. That in the book, you know, it might not have come off as well in animation, but they were able to really, you know, mm-hmm. really do it. I was, I was really impressed with that one. Um, I know I'll, um, we're we're going to be talking soon about uh, Flashpoint Paradox. Yeah, and, I mean they've really changed their tone a lot. I mean they're they've gone from more like a family friendly uh, affair to like very much like R rated and made for the fans type type stuff here. I mean, especially like you said, Assault on Arkham. Mm-hmm. They do such point. opposites. It's so it's so weird how uh, Marvel and DC, how but even not even in comics, but just in in just in entertainment, how they're opposites they are. And what they do, I mean, D Marvel went full, you know, after they tried to do their cartoons in the beginning, cartoon movies that didn't work out uh, with the Ultimates and stuff like that. They just pretty much was like, forget it, we'll just do TV. And they worked out their cartoons. Their cartoons have gone lighter and lighter, while DC's uh, animated has gone darker and darker. Well, too, you, I mean, um, you have uh, the, I mean, with Marvel, you know, being bought by Disney. Mm-hmm. Disney's obviously looking for weekly cartoon content. Oh, I mean, that's yeah. why we get the Avengers Assemble and uh, oh yeah, Agent oh yeah, Smash or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, you know, the the for a long time, Marvel animation was just kind of scattershot. You know, it was mm-hmm. like, okay, <laughs> Ultimates movies. Well, they didn't do so well. Okay, um, here's the Doctor Strange movie, all by its lonesome. Okay, right, great. Um, <laughs> oh, here's some anime. Okay, thanks. You know. Here's some computer computer generated animation. You know, I mean, they had that. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that Iron Man and Captain America. I uh, did. Heroes United. That kind of. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing to me. I mean, if you look at the '90s, like when they had the big comic book boom, mm-hmm. and the, I think a, I don't want to say it was fueled by, it, but definitely a factor for that was the popularity of the Batman and Superman cartoons, and the popularity of the X Men cartoon. It was a must-watch. Those yeah. those cartoons were must-watches uh, for for any even it it was cartoons that brought together people like uh, the comic readers like us and people who they knew of the characters sometimes, but they didn't really know and they didn't read any of the comics that involved those characters. So it was it was something that we can all watch. I mean, when Justice League came out, that became and that came out on a on a Saturday at night. Right, it was on Cartoon Network premiere, right? And that, yeah, and that was something where um, I, I watched it with my girlfriend at the time. She actually watched them, and and you know, watched it with my friends, and you know, like it was a thing where we got together. Yeah, you would you would get together with people, and you would actually watch it. I mean, and this is on a Saturday where usually you're not watching TV too much, right? Um, but it was the show to watch. Yeah, the Batman animated series uh, really was instrumental in getting me back into comics after quitting mm-hmm. time. I got kind of disillusioned with you know multiple storylines and holograms and all the other kind of stuff. Oh yeah, but they I, broke it down to the it, what the animated uh, cartoon did for Batman is what I think it did for a lot of the other DC characters, where it just took away all the you don't have to worry about all that stuff previous continuity in the comics or whatever there's no flash or whatever gave you the essence of what the character is and it reminded me why i like the characters so. yeah yeah because I, like i said i got kind of i kind of walked away from comics for a while i think the only comic i was buying was sandman like that was mm-hmm. it because mm-hmm. uh, it was coming out in a monthly and i just kind of walked away from it and then those cartoons came along, and it just kind of reminded me of why I like those characters that much. And right. I kind of I started buying the Batman animated comic, and then that kind of was my gateway drug back. 
But um, uh, yeah, I, 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 speaking of animated, you know, feature-length things, um, the Justice League uh, start um, uh, pilot, um, Secret Origins, a three-parter. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd have to say, if you, you know, I hope Zack Snyder watches that before he makes his Justice League movie because I thought that was a great introduction of those characters and, and them working together and yeah, it was explaining why they needed to become a Justice League and things like that. I thought it was really great. Yeah, it definitely um, it definitely gave you a window into what these characters were, so that they could actually develop them, you know, and do different stories with them as the story as the the cartoons progress. Because how long was it? Like we we were watching these characters on you know on TV for what all the way to when did it stop? How many years was it? Five six for the Justice League? Yeah, it was uh, it was four seasons. Okay, so you got a lot of uh, you got a lot of stuff. I mean, Green Lantern dating Hawkgirl, and uh, you know. Kids were made in, from the you know in the future, and you got to see the future Justice League, and you right. like there's so, so much kind of kind of uh, like uh, um, mutual attraction or whatever between Wonder Woman and Batman that kind of which they up. play with for a while and and uh, and never never pulled the trigger, but they played with it for a while. Uh, yeah, they they, they they skirted it um, a few times. Plus, I mean, they had characters from, like, the, uh, Batman animated series and Superman animated series kind of weave mm-hmm. into that, so you knew it was, like, all one big hole, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's so many of, um, you got, uh, Ra's al Ghul's story, and, and you got, uh, Talia and her relationship with Batman, and, like, it, it just felt like it was a world. Like, you, and then when they would introduce these characters, you know, the Lex and the whole thing with, uh, Amanda Waller coming into the mix. And, right, the whole Cadmus storyline. Right, Lex playing Cadmus and and the Justice League against each other, and right. him going to Lex, jail and getting sick. Yeah, uh, it turns out Lex was infested with Brainiac. Yes, know, who would have right? thought that when that? I remember when that reveal came out because I'm thinking he's just sick and he's dying, like just like the comics. Right, he has a form of cancer or something, and that's the deal. Um. If anything, he'll turn into a, you know, like he'll be saved or something. But I thought he'd just go into the armor or whatever, and that he'd be an armored uh, villain for the rest of the thing. But to reveal that it was Praniac, which goes all, which is a callback to all the way back to the Superman animated series. Yep. I mean, that was just phenomenal to watch yeah. that. It was great. Yeah. Well, I'm going from a richly detailed and, and, and uh, drawn continuity. Let's go. Let's throw that all out the window. Yes. <laughs> to talk about Justice League Gods and Monsters because this is a whole new ball of wax. Mm-hmm. This is, uh, as the, you know, as the saying goes, not your daddy's Justice League. Um, it's by you know, this was created by Bruce Tim, who is the mastermind behind that animated universe. Yeah. This is a whole different. Uh, and it's interesting too how they interweave and they inter uh, splice the uh, origin stories mm-hmm. into the uh, into this uh, feature. Um, the Superman of this world is played by Benjamin Bratt. And uh, can we just go to the voice stuff first? Sure. Because I think that that in this is we always every time we review these, you are more the voice guy for the animated than me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to say, like for this, the vo- I think the voices were. The, the people they picked to do this were so so good. I think they, they did such a good job with this that uh, it stood out to me. 
Yeah. Well, the casting is all done by Andrew Romano, who's done like mm-hmm. you know done the voice casting on these things for forever. You know? Right. And but you're right that the I thought the voice cast was spot on here. You know, and and some cho- choices in the cast that might not be you know immediately obvious, but then ended up working really well. I mean, Brent, Benjamin Bratt. I mean, to have they actually have a Latino playing uh, doing the voice for Superman. I right. thought it was great to do that. I mean, they didn't have to do that. But I mean, I think it, it added something to it to have it. And I think, it, and it was cool how it fit with his origin. Yeah, in this yeah. universe, you know how, how well that fit together. Mm-hmm. Michael C. Hall, that reserved voice that he has, that demeanor, it fits so much for this version of Batman. Yeah, yeah, that kind of clinical uh, tone that he has in Dexter and stuff it definitely worked here. And uh, Tamara Taylor. Uh-huh. I mean, whoa, yeah, I'm saying. Yeah. I've seen her in so many things. Um, her voice fit. Like, she she could do the, you know, the calm, you know, collected party girl in one breath and then uh, be upset about some tragic thing that happened in her past at the next time and then go from angry... Uh, calculating, I will kick your ass, uh, Wonder Woman. Like she, she did all those facets of Wonder Woman in just this one animated feature. I especially liked her scenes uh, when they showed her on Apocalypse and her flashback. Yes, yes. Um, I thought that was a really good sequence. She does such a good job. Um, th- this is a different Lois Lane. This is a totally different Lois Lane in this world. Um, this is a much more um, abrasive. Uh, cynical um, version of Lois Lane. There is no Superman that's hopeful in this. Well, I think it's kind of a reaction to the, the way the Justice League are in this world. Right, right. You know what I mean? Um, and to have Paget uh, Brewster, who I know recently, more recently, people will know her from Criminal Minds. That's the one. And she was also in uh, Batman uh, Dark Knight Returns also. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she did a voice in that too. Hmm. Um, and I think she did a good job too as Lois. I mean, in, in her, you know, her story, she didn't have a major story, but she was involved. I mean, you, you know, as she was the voice of the media and the voice of the people, really. And, and very cynical too. Like, very cynical. Incredibly, incredibly cynical. Uh, C. Thomas Howell, I didn't even recognize his voice. I kept, I heard the voice. I recognized it was somebody that I've heard before playing Will Magnus, but I didn't get it that it was C. Thomas Howell. Um, but he played he played a hell of a of a Will Magnus, especially which, when you find out you know Will Magnus' yes. larger role in this. Oh yes, uh, and Luthor. This is a different Luthor, man. This Jason Isaacs, who's he's been in um, Harry Potter, uh, he's been in the Patriots, he's been in uh, Star Wars Rebels. He did he did voice there. He's done a ton of video game voiceover work too. Yeah, so he's done this before, but uh, I think he played a hell of a, a Metron Lex Luthor. Yeah, it was definitely a different take on the character. It reminded me in the latter half of the movie, it reminded me more of like Stephen Hawking. Like yes, the, that's exactly what it was like. It, it, Stephen Hawking, yeah, he was he was a Stephen Hawking. I w- I would not be surprised if they said that that was what they based this Luthor on. Was him. He wasn't as he wasn't as as much of a jerk as the Lex Luthor that we're used to, right? So uh, yeah, I think I think they really did a good job with this. 
Well, the Luther in this is more of like a mentor to like a lot, like a whole other generation of you know, quote unquote, mad scientists, super scientists, whatever you want to call it. Um, I guess because the timeline is a little different, because we we get that one flashback where you know, all the side well in the storyline, you know, all the scientists end up being killed off, who are you know they um, I think it's oh yeah, it's Batman who has the flashback. You know, mm-hmm. That's right, we're Luthor's boys. Yeah, Luthor. He like gives them like that science pep talk or whatever. Right. It was so I, I, I like this world. The, the one thing this this uh, animated feature did um, that I think it it shows that it was good was that it made me want to know more about the the origins and backgrounds of of a lot of these characters. So it it I think that that's what you want though. You want to feel like because we're supposed to be coming in on a world that's already established. You know they're they're already going and doing their thing. Um, but having those flashbacks, they do. Tim and Alan Burnett are good at writing uh, flashbacks to kind of give the character a little bit more uh, more meat, and you know, and so we need that sometimes because when they're going to do what they're going to do as the movie progresses, you um, you need something to see the motivations for why they make the decisions that they do. In the way, and especially Batman's origin ties in so much to the plot. Yes, so much, um, and, and the motivations of the villain of the piece that, mm-hmm. that you know kind of kind of fits right in there. And plus, as the story goes on, you're like you're interested enough in these characters that you want to find out what happened. Oh, what? I mean, we get we get Batman's thing like right at the beginning. Or I'm sorry, we get Superman's you know kind of origin, quote unquote, right at the beginning of this. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you know, as as the uh, the movie goes on, then we get the other two flashbacks. But a couple of other people are notable in the cast. Um, Richard Chamberlain was High Father. And, I mean, that's that's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, I know it's not a big role, but it's like a, kind of a pivotal role in that flashback. If you're gonna have that, if you're gonna play that part, you you should have someone like that. Yeah, absolutely. That, that air about them. And then uh, Gray Delisle is Tina, who's like part of the three way triangle there with. Uh, um, you know, Dr. Langstrom and Dr. Magnus. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought she did really well. I mean, she's been in like a million cartoons. Oh, yeah. Done like a million cartoon voices over the years, and uh, she's always awesome. But yeah, this is a very different uh, world in Justice League. Like you said, well thought out, you know, kind of well realized. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things where you just say, like, okay, this is different, and everything, you know, let's go. And then everything else was the same. I mean, there are. Or repercussions here. I mean, the Superman in this world is actually the biological son of General Zod <laughs> and, and, and Lara. Yeah, um, and yeah. we see how that goes down at the very, very beginning of the movie. Um, the Batman of this world is a, for all intents and purposes, a vampire uh, caused by uh, blood nanites. He was trying to save himself from uh, lymphoma. All right. And the uh, the Wonder Woman of this world is an exiled uh, granddaughter of High Father. Who uh, who went into exile after Highfather betrays and kills Darkseid? I'm like, what? I was just like, <laughs> that kind of blew my mind. I mean, considering you know the how we've seen the new gods portrayed in every mm-hmm. you know in every instance, that was I was not something I expected at all. You know? It's funny because it kind of goes with the 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 comic version uh, for the DC Fifty Two. They're a little bit more of the way that they're portrayed in this is a little bit more of um. They're not as concerned about collateral damage as uh, you would think of the early versions, the, the pre-DC-52 versions. 
they weren't evil per se, but they were. But he did kind of lost he lost sight of of what the point of you fighting for, and um, so it was like wow, I was like, did, are they going dark with that? They really did go dark with oh, that. Oh man, they want they showed Dark Side's head exploding. <laughs> they shot uh, that was what, the biggest uh, WT. Granny goodness, uh, yeah, yeah, Granny goodness got shot through the head. Like it was, I was like, what? And Orion, you know what? I I don't know about you, but I had a, I was worried that uh, Orion was going to do something to, to uh, Wonder Woman to Becca. Yeah, that's what I thought was going to be the turn. Yeah, I was wondering about that too. I um, because like the new gods are kind of like uh, their version of Marvel's Asgardians, mm-hmm. and this would be like Odin just taking out Luffy or whatever and watching his head explode. That, yeah, that was a huge WTF for me. Oh my gosh! Man. But um, because the Justice League in this world is harsher, like the world is kind of harsher too. And it's only three of them. There's no Justice League league. There's just three, three of them. No, and uh, the story starts. We we see like a lot of, and if you're you know if you're a DC fan like Daryl or I, I mean you recognize these characters' names. Um, oh yeah, a lot of different um you know super scientists. I guess we can call them. Mm-hmm. Um. Getting killed off, including Ray Palmer and Ryan Choi, who both have been the Atom. Um, they um, get killed. Uh, 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 Vic Stone's dad, who's Mrs. Doctor Stone. <laughs> I just know him as I, yeah. I'm not. I don't remember exactly. Cyrus. That's it. Cyrus. Cyrus okay. Cyrus Stone gets killed. I mean, they, what a sad death at that. I mean, yeah, and then the little kids, child. And then the little kids say, "Oh shit." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like. I had to rewind. I had to pull pull the uh, rewind it back a little bit. I was like, "Did he just say oh oh?" Sh-? I, it was funny. It was really funny when he did that to to such a you know such a dark thing. I mean, I guess they felt they had to throw something in there, just a little something in there, make it a little lighter. Yeah, I guess it is, it is kind of a dark world for sure. I mean, you see the skeleton of him holding his son when they when they find the bodies. It's yeah. like, whoa, this world is just. Uh, when they kill the scientists in the room, I mean, it's a slaughter, literally. It's a oh, slaughter. I know they're setting them on fire, and they're—I mean, yeah, totally. I mean, then that room too is full of, of, of chock full of like DC Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. There's Doctor Savannah, and there's like, like you name you name a super scientist, they're either in that room or in the scene before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but uh, someone is killing off all, and Victor Freeze is another one. Um. Someone's killing off all the best scientists in this in this world, and they're framing the Justice League. They're making it look like the Justice League is doing these things. And it's you know as you know, Justice the the popular opinion of the Justice League in this world is not the best to begin with, uh, to say the least. So uh, this makes it even worse. You know, tensions grow between the Justice League and, and the government. Um, you know, more and more scientists get killed. Finally. The, they they find these like killer robots that are emulating their powers. Mm-hmm. Um, they they uh, they take you know, they they fight them. They the the slaughter you're talking about where they kill like you know, a dozen scientists or whatever. The only one that survives is Magnus, um, and the robots get away with boom tube technology, which yeah. uh, I guess the guy they say in this the government has been trying to perfect. The, well, it seems that's all they've been doing, like, is using, you know, trying to use all the information, especially, I think what, in this world, what really, and they kind of kind of show you through the story, is what really shapes 
what what's going on is that they take Superman's ship and download all that information, like all that uh, history and, and information that they have on right. the galaxy. Um, and to have that information and not share it, like this government is very, it's, it's more realistic that they would not give out that information to just anybody, even when Superman reveals himself eventually. Right, I mean, Superman, you know, they tell Superman that, you know, the files are damaged or whatever right. in the yeah. ship. They give him the actual ship, and he's able mm-hmm. to take that and use that as a power source uh, for, for, like, the Justice League uh, headquarters there. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. They, they hold back, like, a lot of his history, because Luthor ends up uh, revealing it to him uh, later mm-hmm. when he goes to visit him in the, uh, um, the space station. Uh, everybody thinks Luthor's dead, too. I mean, kind of, I guess he faked his own death, or they don't really explain that. Well, they just say he goes away. Well, they don't know what happens to him. Yeah, I guess they just assume he died. Because he was... And, like, it, the, what was so smart about it is they didn't have to spell out everything for you. Like, they told you things through the act, just watching the story. Right. Which is, um, which is something for animated, you know, for an animated feature. Sometimes you, they don't... You're writing it, you don't feel like the animation is going to be strong enough to tell that story, but they do. Um, I think it, it, it meant because both these guys, uh, Alan Burnett and 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 uh, Bruce Tim, have worked together so much uh, prior to this that they uh, they kind of have a rhythm with this kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. So even showing Luther of you know slowly, because you what does he feel like? He has a sort of. I feel like maybe he has some sort of degenerative disease, maybe. They, they, don't, they don't say it, but, it, I mean, the very first scene is a full head of hair, and he's, like, walking uh, with a cane, with, like, a limp and a cane. Right, right. And then by the you know the time we see him later in the movie, he has to, I guess he has to stay in zero G because he can't even get out of a chair. Well, even every scene you see Luther in after that, which is a flashback, you see him moving slower, more of a limp. You know, hair starts to recede a little bit. So you right. you get the sense of, like, you know, and then eventually when you do see him in the satellite and you see him, basically he can't move. He's, he's basically, it's it's affected him completely. You understand what the deal is with him. Like, you, you know because of how it was told without having to be told. They never even spoke on it. It wasn't even something they spoke on. It was just something that you knew. Right. It was, just, like you said, you just picked it up from context. Yeah. And then... Long. He, I mean, and, and to build that all that technology, like this Luther, really not having that hopeful Superman, like this Luther was less of a of a um, ego driven maniac. I mean, he really wanted the knowledge more than he wanted to destroy in Superman. Yeah, it seemed yeah. Like, yeah, he wasn't driven by the, the ego that we normally attach to that character. Yeah. Uh, he was more driven by, you know, trying to help mankind. Uh, although the way they hold back the technology or whatever, you know, at the end he says, you know, there's stuff there that could help out, you know, everyone, you know, in the world. And, uh, you know, they, they hold on to that technology for a long, long time. Yeah. Well, you know, the government would never give that up. They, they wouldn't yeah. want that to fall into... They actually, I think it's kind of implied that Amanda Wallen and them and the government in, itself didn't want Superman to have that knowledge at all. Right. That's yeah. That's why they kept it from and stuff. And it's Luthor that ends up giving it to him. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm telling you, I'm telling you that you know, you do it. You know, be was it be a real hero? Yeah, that's you know, what he told him. The world with his tech. 
it was such a Superman thing to say. Like, how many lectures has Superman given Luther in in these uh, animated and comic version story? You know, these stories. Like, you could have been such a better. You know, trying to kill me, you wasted so much time, and when you could have uh, done so much for mankind. I mean, to have Luther telling Superman that story. Yeah, that's a good way to. I thought that was a good way to flip the script for sure. Yeah, and then yeah. end up with a girl at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he sure did. He sure did. Uh, but it turns out the uh, the person framing the Justice League for these murders is none other than Will Magnus himself, oh. uh, best friend of uh, of Kurt Langstrom, who's the Batman. What a turn! And to find out that it was the Metal Men all along mm-hmm. doing these killings, because I mean we we see Tin, right. it's like a little wind up kind of a, a jokey robot, and then we see um, Tina. Mm-hmm. We find out later it's been replaced by a robot after like a a year of marriage to Magnus. Magnus is much uh, a little little crazy in this one. <laughs> little he killed. Well, you could see like after I watched it and the reveal came, I didn't catch it before the re- before the reveal. Did you? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't suspect Magnus. I thought so it was when, the government framing them. You know, like that's the, what I thought. Or, or, or Luther. I, I thought Luther with the government was either doing it or, or something like that, or one of the other scientists, but I didn't think it was Will Magnus. Right. Um, you kind of see, like, when I rewatched it again, you do kind of, they do tell you how, the frustration that he has about um, Tina's love for... Um, Langstrom, yeah. For Langstrom. Yeah, you get it. Actor. Mm-hmm. it. There's an angry scene where he goes back to the lab and, and Tina goes, you know, and she, she kind of whispers to him, the, you know, let's go come to the party for me. And you can see in the background, Will just fuming. Yeah, but the whole scene where he, tell, where he tells Langstrom about how Tina died. Oh, my too. God. He's just like a little bit crazy. You know, just like a little little bit of crazy. Yeah. I did, I had to replace her. I didn't mean to kill her. Yeah, I hit yeah. her. And I hit her, and she hit a table. And yeah, that was that was really well done. Uh, oh, man. And, but, but that the villain ended up being the metal men, which is kind of like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for, for listeners who don't follow the comics, uh, the metal men were, a char- were characters from the Silver Age in the 60s. They were robots created by Will Magnus. They were kind of, uh, I don't know, silly in that Silver Age kind of way. They definitely, I mean, this this version of them is very dark and harsh <laughs> and murderous. But if you look at the different robots, I mean, they have different colors. One is definitely iron. One is definitely lead. And then later they, they mix together to become alloy. You know, one of the friends of Superman. Uh, but yeah, cool, cool Easter eggs abound. Throughout this whole, yeah, all the way through, and way if through you're this. not a, a a DC person, you didn't need any of these Easter eggs to enjoy the movie as well. No, no not at all. But if you are, it's it's the best kind of Easter egg. It's not obtrusive, you know. No, no, not it's at like, all. You know, if 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 you're a fan, then you'll notice it. If you're not, it doesn't take anything away from the story mm-hmm. at all. But oh my god, man, I like the. <laughs> I got so into this that I downloaded a bunch of the uh, comic tie-ins for this. Uh-huh. The digital, I downloaded a bunch of these, and which gives you more of the background of the, uh, more of each of the backgrounds of the characters and and how they were introduced into the on, on Earth first. You know how they uh, formed as a team and when they meet each other and stuff like that. Like there's a there's a scene in in the uh, in the comic where. Superman did have you don't get it in the movie if they did or not like if they did maybe Superman and Wonder Woman hooked up at one time 
or not, but they're right. not in it, but they're not in a relationship anymore. Like it seemed like they're kind of familiar with each other in a way, but they're now more friends than anything else. Right. They did hook up in the beginning. Superman and her did when she first came to Earth. They did hook up for a little while because she was just she was happy to find another metahuman. Right. In a way, so she she was trying to get over the tragedy of what happened on, uh, you know, what happened with Orion and 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 uh, an apocalypse and all that. So the, she was just she was looking for just an escape. Not you know didn't want to think about it too much. And they hooked up. He for was a the rebound part. guy. Yeah, he was a rebound guy. And Superman sees her again, and he's like, you know, we should be together. We should be married. He was just so happy that he had a, a there was a woman that he could be with physically. That he didn't have to worry about hurting, right? You know, when he, when having relations, um, and she was like, "I listen." She said, "We hooked up. That was it. This is not." And then they start fighting. Like Superman is so arrogant. He is he is more arrogant in the earlier on when he when he's introduced to the world than than he is uh, in the movie mm-hmm. as the years progressed. But um, so they're fi- right now. They're in. A, she can't stand him. <laughs> she is really fighting with him and stuff, but it's just cool to see some of that explained. I mean, I know we might not ever get another movie in this world, but I hope we do. But uh, it's co- if you really like the the movie like I did, I think like we did, I think you um, it would be cool to uh, to read some of the comics on it because it it works. I mean, they do it in the art of the of the animated feature, and they have the voices down. Right. The way that they they do the story, and it's huh. it's only nine nine cent an issue. Huh. I know some of the other digital comics have been really great, like the the Batman Beyond digital comic and the Justice League Beyond digital comics. They had the the uh, Injustice Gods Among Us that tied into that video game was was way better than it should have been. So, um, I would also recommend the the webs uh, the webisodes. Uh, there were three short cartoons on uh, Machinima dot com. Uh, one about Superman, one about Batman, and one about Wonder Woman. Uh, if you want to see more of this uh, this universe too, the little you know glimpses there, like for instance in the Wonder Woman short, we see a little more of uh, what her situation is with Steve mm-hmm. Trevor. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, she like it's funny because in, in well in animated whatever movies or whatever, there's always the tendency to kind of want to hook up the 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 female lead with somebody. And in this, she's basically like she's like a she's doing what all the male a lot of the male characters over the years have been able to do. They they're able to hook up with you know different partners and move on. It's not a thing, you know, fall in love all the time and and that's it. It's not a big deal. Nobody thinks about it. But uh, women, they don't usually usually when a woman does that, she's got to be in love with the person, and that's it. Like she's they're devoted, they're in love or whatever. This was kind of more of an adult thing to do. Like this, Superman basically says, "Hey, we're you know I'm single. We're you're an adult. I'm an adult. You hook up a little bit, and then that's it. <laughs> you know what? Get over it." Yeah, she basically tells him that. I mean, she's such a strong female character. I mean, I had thought she was going to be Big Barter when I originally saw just the image. It does. It would make sense. I mean, when you knew she was from a. Uh... Uh, the new gods continuity and you, yeah, you know, and all yeah. the other kind of stuff, yeah. But well, they went a different way with it. And I'm kind of glad they did. I mean, Barbara's did, kind I'm of her own too. thing, you know. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad they did too. And I, I really hope that they do more with this world. I mean, it's. Um, I mean, everybody just had so much of a personality. Like, uh, 
even with Batman, this like we've seen millions of different takes on Batman. Mm-hmm. To have it that Kirk Langstrom is Batman, and just the way that he deals with criminals, as opposed to how Bruce Wayne deals with criminals, it, it's just uh, it's a different take. I mean, it just it's just so fun to watch how he would do things, how he does stuff. You know, he's not the super detective, but he is a smart scientist. So his way of uh, thinking about stuff and calculate and being ca- calculating, uh, taking whatever, take taking the evidence and 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 uh, looking at it and trying to figure out and getting clues and all that kind of stuff. It was just fun to see a different uh, way of doing that. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, it was really well uh, realized world. They really thought it out, like what the repercussions of that kind of justice league would be on a world kind of like DC. So interesting, interesting stuff. I definitely recommend it uh, to anyone who's a fan of the justice league. Yeah, it, it definitely is. I, I'm you, with the last couple of animated ones that have kind of been weaker, have been really been weaker in, in terms of the story and stuff. I think this was a this was a nice uh, breath of fresh air. Yeah, yeah to I, have this. I think the, I mean, like Throne of Atlantis was okay, but but yeah, you, compared to the script, the script it definitely is, was a little weak. Yeah, Throne of Atlantis didn't feel like a movie; it just felt like an episode to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that's the thing. It felt like an episode of the comic that I was reading. Um, this like it. This goes back to what we were talking about with, you know, Justice League Doomed and all of those uh, animated features. This feels like a movie. You know, this feels like that that important cinematic film in the of of, uh, of DC. And the other, and I hope that they can kind of get back to that because even the Court of the Owls was just. It just was so lackluster. It didn't, it didn't yeah. feel like that they thought about it. It didn't feel like they thought it out. It didn't feel like they they put too much. Con- they didn't have much concern about you know how the voices were, how the story fit in, how you know how do you adapt this. It just, nobody felt developed in that story. What, what made the quarter hours cool in the comics? They totally like forgot in the uh, animated version. Uh, it just seemed like they. Kind of cut and pasted some ideas and didn't. Uh, it didn't, like you said, it was kind. Of, it was very lackluster. Yeah, it really was. I, so. I was so dis. That was the first time I looked at it. I truly looked at a DC animated uh, movie and felt bored watching it. Right. Even though they had fighting and stuff going on, but it's not just about the fighting. Like you have to really make the characters compelling. And, yeah. and being as bat, even even when you're a Batman fan and you're not that excited about it, that's saying yeah. something. Absolutely, it just it's it's nice to see this. You know, it's kind of a return to form, as it were. You know, this was really I was really impressed by this. Oh yeah, bring the only, bring bring them back. Yeah, the only people I would uh, not recommend this to are the you know, that's not my Superman crowd. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you're not gonna like this. No, this is not a canon Superman. So if you're looking for the uh, traditional, you're not uh, going Superman, then I would I would take a pass on this one. And they let you know early on. I mean, this is not you know this is not something if you you're looking yeah like you said if you're looking for the 
the original versions of these characters, Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman. If you're looking for that, this is definitely not going to be that. You know, just, even in the first five minutes, you can pretty much tell you, no. This, yeah. is, this is going to be a different take on these characters, and they're not going to worry about it. Like, after you know that, you can go into it knowing, you know, just, just enjoying it if you can let it go and just watch it for what it is. Then uh and not kid and 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 not uh and not even figure out the story. Like a lot of times you can figure out the mystery of these cartoons way ahead of when the reveals comes. And I was so surprised how this tricked me. Like I did not catch it. Usually in movies, I even in in, in films where it's, it's a big mystery or whatever, I usually can sit down and figure out what the big reveal is going to be before it happens. And I, I, it was such, it was, I had such a good time not being, not figuring this stuff out and just being surprised. Yeah. It's, it's great when that happens. I, uh, I have a famous story I told, uh, I probably told on another podcast, uh, the, the woman I was dating at the time and I went out to go see the sixth sense, you know, Bruce Willis mm-hmm. and everything. And like, I think it was five or 10 minutes in the movie. I leaned over into her ear and I was like, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I have, the same, I have the same problem you do. Usually when there's a big reveal, I can see it coming a mile away. Uh, this was not the case in this, though. I did. I had I had no idea uh, that this was on the way. You know, the, the way the way this is going to play out. In fact, I, I thought it was something entirely different. So, um, you know, I, I was pleasantly surprised in that regard. Yeah. Yeah, it was. You know, all of our shows to come back. And boy, when they start, it's going to be something. Yeah. 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 So. <laughs> Still trying to figure out how we're going to do that one. Well, that's easy. Those four-hour episodes would be great. Yeah, I'm, I'm building a whole army of robot duplicates right now, just yeah. like Superman to help me out with these. So. Yeah, we'll have no problem. We'll, we'll get it. We'll... <laughs> it'll be, it'll be easy. So we'll knock this out. Of course. Yeah. As well, we fall asleep trying to keep doing this. Right. You're so tired. Let's uh, go ahead and uh, bust out some news then. Yes, because they've been throwing out casting news like every week. Yes, all kind of you know, left, right, and center. We've been getting hit with casting news in the face. Let's start with Michael being cast on Gotham as Captain Nathaniel Barnes, a new cop on the scene. It's interesting to uh, to me. I think some we said that a couple times during some of our Gotham mm-hmm. shows that like. Part of the um, cop parts of the show kind of seem like the shield. Yes. <laughs> so it's kind of <laughs> funny they bring the, you know, Michael Chiklis in. Yeah, get the shield. Get the guy from the shield. If we want this to be like the shield, why don't we get the guy from the shield? Yeah, why not? No big deal. Let's do this. If you're like me, you, you think that more Katie Lots is is better than less Katie Lots. Mm-hmm. So the good news here is that the White Canary is going to be appearing on Arrow before Legends of Tomorrow. And I'm glad they're not going to make... You know what? And I think this goes to the way that they've been doing this Flash show. Where... And I think it goes to to uh, Walking Dead as well. That whole thing of TV where they always want to make you wait for so long. Right. For things to happen that you're really looking for. You don't really always have to do that. Well, I think it's cool that they're they're giving... They're kind of giving her some more story... And kind of, you know, explaining how she comes back, maybe, and stuff. Which I assume that's why she'd be in the Arrow first. Right. Before they just drop her into Legends of Tomorrow. 
So, so another bit of news I thought was interesting this week about Legends of Tomorrow. They said it was going to be an anthology series, and that the mm-hmm. first season is going to stand alone. Which is kind of cool. So, does this mean... If I to understand this right, that means they're going to focus on different characters different weeks? Or and then like bring them all together for a few episodes? Or well, I took it as they were going to do one-and-done missions each oh. episode. And maybe a mission might focus on a character each mission maybe that that's a way you can kind of do it is each mission might affect the character more than the others a little bit Guggenheim revealed that each season is going to be its own separate movie right and then uh, Phil Clemmer compared the first season to Ocean's Eleven so it would be like kind of getting the band together so right to speak, you know? and we're not going to keep this cast for the next one next season could uh, people are going to their stories will end like they're because basically the way that it looks like they set it up is there's certain everybody's on this team is necessary because they have a, a job to fulfill, a, a task to fulfill, and they need them because of the skills. There's certain skills that they have. So once they fulfill their thing, their job, their task, they're not needed anymore. Their story's done. Right. So then for the next, and now I maybe that could mean, you know, that maybe some of them drop off. Like, you know, Heat Wave and, and uh, Captain Cold are done after a couple of episodes. We don't know. Maybe they're done and then new people come in. Maybe. I mean, we've also, we have Hawkman. We have Hawkman coming. That's just what I was going to say. Oh. We've heard that uh, Hawkman is going to be also introduced in Flash and or the Arrow before showing up in Legends of Tomorrow as well. So. Uh, as you mentioned before, we got a lot of casting news. Uh, we last week we talked about Neil McDonough as uh, as Damian Dark, uh, and Echo Kellum as Mister Terrific. Uh, this week we got Alexander Calvert uh, cast as Anarchy, mm-hmm. and J.R. Bourne cast as Double Down. Yeah, the deadly card wielding villain who bad gambit. <laughs> pretty much bad gambit. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much what he is. Uh, we got a new Gotham promo this week that teases the Batcave. If you want to check it out, mm-hmm. it's on the DCTV Podcast Facebook group. That was pretty cool. Yes, pretty, pretty cool. Uh, there's also been a lot of rumbling that um, uh, your friend and mine, the Green Arrow, Stephen Amell, might be doing something uh, with an upcoming wrestling deal. Yeah. He's been posting on Vine and stuff about the wrestlers coming to Pacific Northwest. And, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Do, do you follow the wrestling? I, it's been years since I followed the wrestling. It was after I said followed the wrestling. I know. Like, uh, I know. We I know I said that. Back in R nine. Oh, and I followed the wrestling and the stuff. But I wonder if this means that some of these wrestlers are going to guest star in Arrow as villains or something. Well, we're already getting the one guy who used to wrestle uh, as an Adam Smasher, right? Right, he is gonna, yeah, he's gonna be in it, but I, I wonder if we'll get more of that a little bit, like a fighting club or something. Hmm, interesting. I mean, definitely some of those more big bruiser type villains or heroes, I mean, would definitely be, yeah. Because they've done it before. I mean, Smallville, even way back when in Smallville land, they did something like this. They had a wrestler or two uh, guest star. Remember when Tyler Main was Sabretooth? Yep. Look <laughs> at that. Uh, it, could, it could go, I mean, it, you know, they. 
overall, you want the audience. You want you want the uh, the wrestling audience is is a lot. I mean, that's a lot of a lot of numbers for them, and um, I can't blame them for wanting that. I just hope that they do a better job than they did on Smallville and stuff and writing it. I mean, because basically it was just uh, I think Clark fought. Uh, they were having a fight club that was a, a intergalactic fight club, and they were coming to Earth. And these different aliens were fighting each other. So, and Clark fought in it for a minute. It wasn't bad. I mean, I think even that, even now, I'm describing it. I don't. It wasn't even that bad because if you're gonna do this, yeah, they don't need to act. Right <laughs> they, don't, they don't need to act. Just, just fight. I mean, that's basically what you need. Have them do. So if right. they have something like that, I think it could work out. You know, you can have them taking down many humans. I mean, that's pretty much this world has been opened up now that they're. These threats are growing. You know, the metahuman uh, threat is kind of is getting bigger, and they need a, you know, they're gonna they're gonna need a prison. I think that's what's coming up too. They're gonna need some type of uh, some type of um, state of the art prison to to hold these people. Right. They don't have a power club accelerator anymore. No. Well, they don't have it. Them all in or or a private island. Island's gonna be real crowded. Uh, we got a few little tidbits here and there too. Um, uh, uh, Aaron Richards, who plays uh, Barbara on uh, Gotham, says that her character is headed to Arkham, where she'll meet quote the band of emerging villains this season who shape who she's going to be in the series. Mm. So uh, very different from the Barbara we know from the comics, that's for sure. Oh yes. And uh, we also got another little bit about uh, Jay Garrick. Uh, as the flash, uh, as the flash in the flash show, mm-hmm. um, uh, the Daniel Panabaker uh, was quoted as saying, uh, "His arrival is going to have an impact on everybody in Team Flash. He's going to be a very cool mentor to Barry. He's going to help Barry expand his powers and the things he's capable of doing." Which is 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 that something we talked about as the series went on that he yeah kind of needed like a Max Mercury or. Or like or Johnny Quake, or like some sort of older character to kind of. That's exactly what we said. <laughs> so he doesn't have it. I mean, you t- once you took away Professor Wells out the mix, like once you he's revealed to be the bad guy, you you take away his mentor. He, he doesn't have a mentor now for and a not like he, his father is great. You you do not do nothing to him. You leave him alone. <laughs> But he needs somebody who actually understands these powers too, that can mentor him. Somebody with the experience. And so, someone who knows about the Speed Force. Yes, I mean, yeah, that's what I somebody, mean. I mean, a lot of the stuff that Wells is doing was guesswork, obviously, or else right. he wouldn't end up trapped in in our time and all the other stuff. I mean, Jay, this character. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of painting it, you know, as you know, the Jay Garrick that we've kind of seen. But I mean, he seems. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's that Jay Garrick, he's been the Flash for a while. You know, he so knows. He can, he can tell him things. He can like there's certain there's just ways of doing this that if you have the experience, you know, watching where you're at, you know, looking at your surroundings, the stuff that the stuff that Oliver tried to tell him, right? Back then, I mean, it's good. It's good with that, but I think it, it even helps even more to have a peer, somebody who's experiences what you experience, can run through you know, knows how it feels to run that fast and experience uh, time that way and and could kind of share with him techniques and stuff and, and things he can do right. to deal. 
Like I think that that uh, it's it's and that's the stuff that's fun. Uh, I think it's fun for us as the audience to watch is to have somebody like that. Absolutely, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. So that's awesome. Um, is there any news that you had uh, seen that I have missed? I think we've done. I think we nailed it. Um, yeah, I remind. I remember the other two, and I think that is it. Oh, they did the Supergirl poster. They put up. They did. They did put up a Supergirl poster. They put up another promo for Supergirl. Uh, I think they had like a Supergirl thing for the for people, like an event. Where uh, girls and 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 mo- I think it was mothers and daughters and stuff. Uh, there was like a Supergirl event or something. Like there seems to be a lot of I, I keep seeing little things uh, posting around of them doing um, just doing little events, not not big things, but just oh, in different areas doing little events uh, uh, with Supergirl. And I think that that is the greatest way to get an audience ready to watch this show. You know, to get the word out that you have this uh, this character coming. Right. I think the more people who get to watch that pilot, the better, too. Yeah, I, I think it's great. I mean, it, it's awesome to have... Um, it's awesome to see, like, on my feed, to see so many, uh, so, so many of my friends with, with daughters who are actually excited to watch this. Like, they're actually... Like, they're really... You know they're they're really excited to to they want to get their Supergirl T-shirt and they want to you know they want to sit down when this comes on and they want to watch it. I mean, and that's something that's I think is important. You know, if you want to get them into this, you know, right. So it it's good to have that, and I'm glad that they did it. I'm really 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 glad that they're doing uh, more stuff uh, to. Uh, and just girls don't get superheroes that much. I mean, you just don't see it. You know, I'm even when Ant-Man, I'm glad when Ant-Man they threw in, uh, you know, across the pond, but still it's good. They, you get the Wasp. You know, I hope that they hurry up and get that going. Yeah. Where you get uh, the Wasp character out there because there's just not that many, you know. Absolutely. It was, uh, it was you know, it was funny because the, the trailer was on, uh, for the Supergirl show was on, um, one of those like preview reels or whatever uh, before we watched Ant Man, and uh, my wife looked at me and said, "That looks terrible." And I said, "No, it's awesome. You should check it out." So I mean, I think maybe the trailer doesn't do it the justice it should either. So right, but uh, we'll see. I, I really hope it does well. I like the pilot a lot. So oh, I I really really did. Like I really hope that the the ratings is good. I worry because it's CBS. Though it's always in the back of my mind that I worry. Because it's uh, it's a bigger network, and they and they want bigger numbers, right? Well, I mean, you got to be in conundrum, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I, I really hope that this does. Uh, um, I really hope this does well. I mean, I'm I'm really excited for uh, for the shows, man. And it's I and I keep hearing uh, people telling me, "Hey, my wife really likes I Zombie." I've heard that like yeah. three times. Uh, heard that a bunch week. of times, yeah. Yeah, like my wife. My, we my finally mother got in law, a, My mother in law watches I Zombie, and she doesn't watch. She hates zombies. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard stuff. a lot of that. Like, I don't like zombies, but we put it on DVR anyway just to check it out, and we waited. And I think, um, 
that goes to show, like, even when you don't get the numbers right away, at least give a show a season. Right. Because that rewatch, because people don't, they don't, people will miss out on shows all fall because it's just so much stuff. It's And people, we get busy and it's just so much stuff that, that comes out over, you know, over the, the winter and fall and all that in spring. So during the summer, that's when you get a chance to kind of sit down and, and, and catch up on stuff. You know, there are people cleaning out their DVR now. We are one of them. Yep. And uh, I uh, Zombies, that that kind of show. You know what I mean? It kind of flew under a lot of people's radar, but it's definitely Mm -hmm. worth your time. And summer summer is a great time to catch up on stuff like that. It definitely did. It definitely did. So I'm, I'm, you know, like I hope that people, you know, give shows like that a chance because uh, after a season, if it doesn't pick up, then I, I can get it. I understand. But. You know, people are really catching up on shows now. You know, it didn't have the big, big numbers in the beginning. Right. So, we'll see what happens. Yes, we will. And we'll be here to cover it for you on the DCTV podcast. Hey! But uh, if you've been enjoying this podcast, and I hope you have, uh, we have a whole bunch more content at hhwlod.com, uh, including the Walking Dead TV podcast, which is back underway. Uh, the LOD, which is called bi-monthly now, or, or bi-weekly, I guess. Uh, every other week, we're going to be doing an uh, LOD BS show. Uh, live on, U- live on uh, YouTube and Google Plus Hangouts, and then later posted on the site. Uh, we got the Black Box, the Whedonverse, a whole, uh, Half Hour Wasted. A whole bunch of great shows there. Check it out, hhwlod.com. And then when you've exhausted all those wonderful poss- podcasting possibilities, turn your uh, internet machine on over to... Uh, the Taylor Network of Podcasts. You can go to taylornetworkofpodcast.com and you can check out a bunch of podcasts from uh, Comic Rack Snartcast, which is me and a, and a uh, female friend of mine who you get to get the female perspective on comics that they're reading as well. And we talk about uh, comic news and things of that nature. And because we, we all don't agree on everything and it's good to, to get a, a different uh, voice about uh, this, this comic medium and, and, and these shows that we like and like love to talk about. You can also look at Double Page Spread, which is a great interview show with Wendy Freeman. Uh, we have the Magnum cast, if you like to watch the th- retro uh, Mag the Magnum show. He, he and uh, a friend of his, they uh, review uh, episodes of the, of the Magnum show. I'm a Tom Selleck fan, so it's kind of cool to listen to that. Uh, and you can hear me and 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 uh, me and Jim and Donnie, uh, who's been on the episode, the show uh, previously, uh, on Nothing's On, where we talk about all TV. I don't know how we do it, but uh, we watch a whole bunch of TV and we tell you about it, and we maybe give you some suggestions on shows that might work for you and may might not. Um, so we you can definitely watch check that way out. too much TV. That's what way too much, way too much, way even on my phone. Even when he, like when I'm on the gym, even when I'm traveling on the bus, I'm watching TV. So that's that tells you how uh, how much TV we watch. My eyes are bleeding right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching watch. four shows while we're recording this. So, oh, damn, I'm only watching six. Go watch Mr. Robot. It's awesome. I yeah, I keep telling myself I have to catch it. On yeah, demand. you watch that. You watch that uh, pilot. You'll be hooked. I guarantee. 
Okay, well, until next week, we'll we, uh, talk some more about some DC TV, pod, uh, DC TV and movie news. And uh, we're coming up on our new seasons now, so it's pretty exciting. Uh, any day now, we're going to be uh, getting new episodes of The Flash and Arrow and all those other great shows. But until that time, ladies and gentlemen, we'll talk to you then. We are Ghost. Good night. Da-da-da. Up. I-